0: 1881, Santa Fe, New Mexico. The Mother Superior of the Sisters of San Loretto
1: strode into their chapel. Mother Magdalene approached the baptismal font. She dipped a finger into the holy water and crossed herself before looking out into the sanctuary. Though the building, known as Our Lady of Light, had been standing for three years, she still found the French Gothic architecture breathtaking. With its elegant spires, intricately structured arches, and glowing rose window, she believed it truly reflected the glory of God. The nun turned to look toward the
0: choir's loft. To her astonishment, she spotted a brand new spiral staircase connecting the loft to the ground level. Her jaw dropped open. She didn't expect the carpenter to be finished already.
1: Mother Magdalene walked to the completed structure. It had no central pillar to support the weight of the stairs around it. And when she peered closely at the wood, she didn't see any nails holding it together. But there was no construction equipment around, so it must have been finished. There was only one way to find out.
0: The wood bowed ever so slightly as Mother Magdalene ascended the stairway. But astonishingly, it held firm. She let out a breath of wonder when she reached the top. The church looked even more glorious from up high. She closed her eyes and imagined the
1: hymns that would ring from the loft. The mother superior needed to personally thank the carpenter. Surely the sisters would throw a feast in his honor. She climbed down the new spiral, careful to keep her balance since it had no handrail. Then she rushed to the church office.
0: Mother Magdalene asked the accountant where the carpenter had gone. The bookkeeper shrugged. They couldn't even remember the man's name.
1: Even stranger, they hadn't paid him a cent. The mysterious individual had vanished without a trace, and he'd left behind an architectural miracle. A staircase unlike anything in the New Mexico Territory. Or perhaps on Earth. Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm your host, Molly. And I'm your host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know,
0: but in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer.
1: Every Tuesday and Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: This is a special one-part episode on the Loretto Chapel's spiral staircase, also known as the Miracle Staircase, or St. Joseph's Stairs. Built at the end of the 19th century in Santa Fe, New Mexico, this seemingly impossible wooden construct is an entirely self-supporting structure. It has no central pillar to hold up the steps, and even
1: more bizarrely, it was built without using a single nail. The architecture isn't the only mystery surrounding the Chapel of San Loretto. The staircase was built out of an unidentified wood, and the identity of the carpenter has been lost to time.
0: Today, some still maintain that the stairs were built by the patron saint of carpenters and the Virgin Mary's husband,
1: St. Joseph Himself. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state.
0: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
1: Are you looking for a view of the world that's a bit different? Hi, I'm Jason Palmer, a host of The Weekend Intelligence, a podcast from The Economist. Join us to hear the stories that matter most to our correspondents
0: and editors. Every Saturday, we introduce you to people and ideas that take you outside the ordinary and expand your horizons one episode at a time. Join us and see the world from a new perspective. To listen free until May 31st, search Spotify for The Weekend Intelligence. In 1852, the Kentucky-based Sisters of San Loretto sent seven nuns out on a missionary expedition— Their goal was to spread their faith and set up a school in the New Mexico Territory.
1: It was a harrowing journey. Of the seven sisters, only five made it to Santa Fe. One died of cholera on the road, and another returned to Kentucky after falling ill. But in spite of the hardships, the remaining nuns wasted no time in fulfilling their mission.
0: The sisters established a school for girls in the bustling town of Santa Fe. The new Loretto Academy was a runaway success. Families from across the territory brought their daughters to receive a well-rounded education at the Catholic institution.
1: The sisters then began planning the construction of a chapel. For assistance, they contacted the Bishop of Santa Fe, Jean-Baptiste Lamy. Bishop Lamy was
0: more than willing to help them find the right builders for the job. However, he wasn't fond of the new Mexican architecture. So he hired a French father-son team to get the job done, Antoine and projectus Molay.
1: The Molays designed a new worship space in the Gothic Revival architectural style. Inspired by the resplendent spires, arches, and windows of cathedrals like Notre-Dame, Neo-Gothic buildings had been a fad since the 1820s. The new building would be based on Bishop Lamy's favorite church, the Saint-Chapelle, in Paris. Construction began in July 1873.
0: The Molays hired a group of French and Italian stonemasons to work on the lavish structure. They meticulously laid the brickwork for what would become a
1: unique cornerstone of Santa Fe. However, it wasn't long before the Molays faced unexpected difficulties. In 1874, Antoine went blind and had to return to France, leaving his son to oversee the remainder of the project. Fortunately, Projectus was young and more than capable of finishing the chapel. Five more years passed and the church neared completion. Then another tragedy struck. Though
0: Projectus was happy with his work on the chapel, certain persons in authority were not. So he was asked to make design changes, but Projectus refused, and instead he resigned. He then reportedly fell into the wrong crowd Became a heavy drinker and died of pneumonia in 1878.
1: So the sisters had to hire another architect, and they landed on Frenchman Francois Mallet.
0: When Mallet moved to Santa Fe, he quickly fit right in. He became close to the nephew of Lamy who had been living in Santa Fe since 1870. Lamy's nephew had even managed to marry a local heiress named Mercedes Chavez. Mallet soon also struck up a friendship with her.
1: And that's when the gossip began to spread. The rumors became even more salacious when Mercedes left her husband to stay in a hotel, reportedly with frequent visits from the young French architect.
0: Her husband snapped. One fateful night in 1879, the nephew of the recently promoted Archbishop ambushed Malay outside of the
1: hotel and shot him in the back of the head. Millet died with the chapel still unfinished. The chapel had no visionary to see it through to the end, though the building was very nearly finished.
0: Dubbed Our Lady of Light, it was a masterpiece of Gothic architecture, complete with a rose window akin
1: to the most resplendent cathedrals of Paris or Florence. The interior had a large worship space and a loft where the choir could shower hymns upon the congregation from on high. Unfortunately, there was no means of getting from one to the other. Both Projectus and Malay had neglected to build a staircase.
0: Subsequent carpenters suggested they construct a ladder to get up to the choir loft. But the Sisters of San Loretto likely didn't want worshipers looking up their robes as they climbed the 22 feet. Plus, routinely clambering up and down would be difficult in a nun's vestments. In short, a ladder wouldn't do.
1: They'd spent nearly $30,000 on this church, the equivalent of nearly $800,000 today. So they expected a complete chapel with a functional staircase.
0: The sisters brought in architects and carpenters from across the territory to find a solution
1: to their problem. But inspection after inspection, each carpenter told them what they were asking was impossible.
0: Not knowing what else to do, the sisterhood turned to divine intervention. Under the mother superior, Mother Magdalene, the nuns began to pray a novena.
1: A novena is no small feat. It involves saying prayers on nine consecutive days, all focused on one singular goal. In this case, some kind of staircase solution.
0: This novena was dedicated to St. Joseph, the patriarch of the Holy Family, and more relevantly, the patron saint of carpenters.
1: For eight days, nothing happened. The sisters began to feel anxious, wondering if their prayers would go unanswered. The ninth day
0: arrived, and still there was no sign from St. Joseph. As the final words of their petitions faded away, suddenly they heard a knock on the
1: door. A humble stranger stood at the entrance. Apparently, he'd just arrived in Santa Fe with a donkey in tow.
0: The nuns greeted the drifter. He introduced himself as a carpenter and said that he was looking for work.
1: The sisters didn't question their good fortune. They explained their problem to the stranger. He listened intently as they told him how they needed a staircase to reach the loft with only a few square feet of floor space to work with. Without a moment of hesitation, the man accepted the job. For months, the enigmatic craftsman labored by himself. The sisters only saw the occasional glimpse of his progress.
0: The chapel was still in use, but this didn't seem to bother him. Whenever the sisters or their schoolgirls would come to pray, the drifter would politely excuse himself. He'd only return to his task once they were gone. And he
1: worked in this curious way for six to eight months. Day
0: after day, the stairway
1: grew. Finally, following
0: months of construction, the sisters entered the chapel and found what they'd only dreamed of before. A completed spiral staircase connecting the two sections of the worship space.
1: Unlike other structures the nuns had heard of or seen, this one seemed to stand all on its own, with no central pillar. On its way to the choir loft, it made two whole rotations around the invisible center.
0: Though they worried about its stability, the sisters tried it, one at a time. And it held easily.
1: When they reached the top, they realized that the staircase had 33 steps, the number of years that Jesus of Nazareth is believed to have spent on earth. They were astonished. Such a feat of construction could only be the work of the divine.
0: They tried to find the mysterious architect who'd built the apparent miracle but couldn't locate him. He'd vanished, leaving no trace behind
1: except his handiwork. The sisters would never know if this incredible accomplishment had come from a mortal man or if it had been an instance of divine intervention.
0: Coming up, we examine how someone could have built this seemingly impossible
1: stairway. Listeners, do I have a mystifying new show for you. It's called Superstitions, and it explores the varying beliefs people around the world fear and follow. It's so eerie, I know you'll love it. Every Wednesday, step inside stories that illustrate the horror, weirdness, and truth behind humanity's strangest codes of conduct. Why shouldn't you say Macbeth in a theater? What evil gets triggered when you walk under an open ladder? And how come certain films seem cursed and others don't? Each new episode of Superstitions presents a story that unlocks the mysteries of unorthodox traditions and surreal phenomena. They may seem cryptic, or illogical, or completely insane, but then again, do they? Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Superstitions, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Life is a highway, and on it there will be
0: many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Now back to the story.
1: In 1879, the Sisters of San Loretto faced a dire issue. Their new chapel had no staircase to connect the worship space to the choir loft. None of the local carpenters could build it with the spatial constraints. So the nuns spent nine days praying to St. Joseph, and on the final day, a mysterious stranger with a donkey appeared. Claiming to be a carpenter, he eagerly set to work on the new project— and within six to eight months, he'd built a self-supporting spiral staircase.
0: The sisters wanted to throw their benefactor a feast to celebrate his achievement. But when they went looking for the mysterious artisan, they couldn't find him.
1: They even put an ad in the local paper to help them locate the stranger. But no one responded to the release.
0: Next, the nuns decided to track down the carpenter through his wood supply. They traveled to local lumberyards asking for the man, but no one remembered interacting with the stranger. Whatever material he'd used for the staircase, nobody in the Santa Fe area had sold it to him.
1: Without any leads, the sisters returned to the chapel. They were content to believe that the man had either been sent by the Saint of Carpenters or was an angel himself. Whoever he'd been, Our Lady of Light was now complete, and the miraculous staircase held.
0: Even more amazingly, according to a photograph from 1959, it was strong enough to hold entire choirs that assembled on its steps. There was only one
1: problem. Some found it uncomfortable to climb. It was a spiral staircase with no support pillar or handrails. If someone stepped on it, the stairs bowed and flexed naturally under their weight. And, as legend has it, some chose to ascend the staircase on all fours rather than stand upright as they made the 22-foot ascent. To
0: solve this issue, the Sisterhood added a handrail in 1887. From then on, the staircase wasn't just functionally useful, but it also became a popular tourist destination. People would flock to Our Lady of Light to behold what was soon known as St. Joseph's Staircase or the Miracle Staircase. In
1: 1939, Our Lady of Light's stairway appeared in an up-and-coming newspaper panel known as Ripley's Believe It or Not. They described it as the miraculous stairway built without support and without nails.
0: Its public profile grew, as did the legend of its construction. To this day, locals still claim that St. Joseph built the Miracle Staircase.
1: But it's undergone some changes since its construction. In 1968, the Loretto Academy had to shut down, and the building was put up for sale. But the chapel was converted to a museum and wedding venue, now known as the Loretto Chapel.
0: Notable but controversial columnist Phyllis Schlafly wrote a piece about the staircase in 1979. She described the construction as a miracle and claimed that experts said it should have collapsed years ago. And in 1998, CBS made a TV movie dramatizing the construction of the staircase called The Staircase.
1: Through all the coverage and fame, two enduring questions remained. The mystery of how the structure stands on its own and the identity of the nameless carpenter who built it.
0: In regards to its construction, the staircase's most striking feature is its lack of central column or nails to hold it in place. To someone with no knowledge of carpentry, this seems impossible. Even professionals think it's a remarkable achievement.
1: However, over years of analysis, experts have pinpointed the stairs' true magic. Its construction was not based on a miracle, but on an intricate system grounded in science.
0: Most stairs support weight with the assistance of stringers, which typically rest on either side of the steps, helping keep their shape. They're like the skeleton of the structure, the piece that forms a slash on an inclined staircase or a sideways V in a switchback. Though they're not immediately evident, the miracle
1: staircase does have stringers, curved ones. Seven pieces of wood make up the inner stringer, and nine make up the outer stringer. As the stairs spiral twice upward, the inner and outer pieces give the whole piece its strength. The inner curved beams act like a central
0: column by bearing most of the weight. This is a sensible design choice, as most people would climb toward the center in order to avoid the 22-foot fall.
1: As for how the builder put them together, there's some debate.
0: According to legend, the artisan only had three tools with him, a saw, a hammer,
1: and a carpenter's square. This is probably fiction. Based on the construction, we know that he likely used clamps and vats of water and glue.
0: In order to make the wood curve, the builder would have needed to soak the massive beams and make them pliable. He didn't use nails to hold the staircase together, but
1: instead, hundreds of wooden pegs. These little pegs functioned like the edges of a puzzle to lock the slabs in place. Then, the builder used a solution of wood glue to seal the structure shut. At the
0: time, wood glue was typically made of horsehide and hooves. The solution would seep into the cracks of the woodwork and seal all the parts into one
1: solid but flexible piece. In this case, the pegs were better than nails at holding the stairs together. Over time, wooden objects, because they do well with moisture, tend to expand and contract together with humidity.
0: If the mystery man had used nails, then the years of warping would have made the whole staircase unstable, and it would have decayed around its metal parts.
1: Instead, the supports flexed and bent together, keeping the staircase well-maintained into the present day. But another question remains unsolved, It centers around the wood itself. For a while, nobody knew exactly what kind of timber the stairs were made out of.
0: But they knew that whatever it was, it was
1: not native to New Mexico. Even a casual observer could tell that it wasn't the pine or oak that were popular in Santa Fe at the time. Some believed the wood didn't actually come from earth at all, but rather may have been created in heaven itself. However, in 1996, wood technologist Forrest Easley extracted a sample of the stairway to study.
0: After 15 months, Easley published his analysis.
1: The stairs were made
0: of spruce, which is much more flexible than wood native to New Mexico. This explains how the carpenter was able to shape it, making the spiral staircase possible.
1: Though Easley couldn't determine the exact variety of spruce, He could tell that it likely originated from outside of New Mexico, which is why people hadn't recognized it earlier.
0: But Easley's discovery didn't provide answers to many other lingering questions. For example, nobody knew whether the carpenter imported his wood, carried it with him on his donkey, or if it came from
1: somewhere else. Over the years, more evidence has shown that the stairs are an impressive, but ultimately fallible, piece of woodwork. Some reports claim that during the 20th century, the staircase became wobbly and dangerous. To stabilize them, the owners added a metal brace.
0: Today, the stairs are still functional. Even though they're closed to the general public, they regularly bear the weight of museum personnel and wedding guests. But it would be misleading to say that they're still entirely self-supporting.
1: Some people have suggested that the presence of the brace undermines the majesty of the staircase. However, the original design wasn't built to accommodate the extra weight of a railing. So, after a hundred years, it stands to reason that it would need some support. St. Joseph's
0: stairs aren't a miracle, but they are competently built in an unconventional way. And though the design is unusual, there are at least two examples of other self-supporting staircases. One in Gdansk Town Hall in Poland,
1: and another in the Washoe Club in Virginia City, Nevada. Neither of these staircases have a story of divine intervention to accompany them. But they do illustrate that such a feat of construction isn't as out of the ordinary as the Loretto Chapel website would have you believe.
0: That said, we still don't know where this mysterious carpenter came from. Perhaps he was a kind stranger whose name has long since been lost to time. Or maybe he was a godsend.
1: Coming up, we investigate the identity of the man who made the miracle staircase.
0: Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt one guy got a ticket one guy didn't the same two guys drove home one guy wore his seatbelt one guy didn't one guy made it home the guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't don't risk it click it or ticket paid for by nitza ebay motors is here for the ride
1: The spiral staircase of the Loreto Chapel in Santa Fe, New Mexico, is a wonder of construction. With its two full helixes and no central pillar, its existence seems like a miracle. But even more miraculous is the legend that surrounds it. To this day, no one knows exactly who built it, though many have their suspicions. According
0: to legend, after praying a novena to St. Joseph, the nuns received a visit from just the person they needed. The carpenter's name has been lost to time, and allegedly, he only worked in the chapel alone.
1: More sensational retellings say that the staircase was built overnight and could only have been put together from the top down. But few give those accounts any credence.
0: The vast majority of retellings say the carpenter took up to eight months to finish the staircase. Yet for a one-man team, this is still an
1: impressive accomplishment. Regardless, when the nuns couldn't locate the builder of their magnificent structure, they assumed they had received a stairway from heaven.
0: Many people still believe that the architect was Saint Joseph, the patron saint of carpenters, a divine answer to the Loretto Sisters' novena.
1: It's understandable why they believe this, since the carpenter was so enigmatic and showed up right as their prayer circle was coming to an end. Plus, he came with a donkey, an animal associated with St. Joseph.
0: However, there's little evidence that suggests the nuns actually prayed a novena. Since it's part of a local legend, it can't necessarily be taken at face value.
1: We also can't say for sure whether the stranger was a saint. And since this claim can't be corroborated, we're going to assume that the carpenter was a mortal man. Whether or not he was sent by Saint Joseph is a whole separate discussion. Over the years, someone has come
0: forward reporting that his long-dead relative built the staircase in New Mexico. This claim has been met with skepticism, but can't be outright disproven.
1: Such a claim came from Oscar Hodviger. In 1965, Oscar visited the chapel. Like his father and his father before him, he was a carpenter and came to see the legendary work of St. Joseph's steps. As he surveyed them, he was suddenly struck by a memory of an old family story. The Hotviggers were from Europe. But apparently,
0: Oscar's grandfather, Johann Hodwiger, had spent two years traveling around New Mexico and Colorado. And Johann had built a staircase right around the time the unnamed carpenter helped the Loretto sisters.
1: Inspired by the possibilities, Oscar did more research. He even built 10 perfectly scaled models of the staircase. He wrote a letter to the sisters of San Loretto claiming that their 19th-century benefactor had been Johann Hodviger.
0: The sisters were intrigued, but
1: not convinced. They asked him to present more evidence. So, Oscar got back to work to prove his claim. In 1970, he uncovered a clue. While going through belongings in his sister's house, he found his grandfather's old toolbox. Inside was a top-down sketch of a spiral staircase with 33 steps and no central pillar. This seemed
0: to validate Oscar's story and other details added up as well. The fact that his grandfather was an immigrant seems to solve one of the biggest mysteries,
1: the question of the wood. If Johann Hodviger had been working in Europe, he would have been familiar with spruce trees. Perhaps he even had contacts in Canada who would have provided him with the lumber to build the staircase. Unfortunately,
0: even though this seemed like a promising lead, it met a dead end. In 1980, Oskar Hodviger died, and no one has been able to find his grandfather's tools or sketch since. The only piece of evidence left is a photocopy of the original drawing.
1: And the sketch doesn't include official dimensions. Apart from the stairs being numbered to 33, there's nothing that connects the illustration to the masterpiece inside the Loreto Chapel.
0: And Johann Hodviger isn't the only candidate for the San Loreto carpenter. Decades after Oscar made his claim, a prolific Santa Fe historian and author named Mary Jean Cook became fascinated with the story.
1: During her research, Cook happened upon an innocuous obituary in the Santa Fe, New Mexican, dated 1895. It had been written by a contractor who worked on both the Our Lady of Light and St. Francis Cathedral, which is also in Santa Fe.
0: The column memorialized a man named Francois Jean, or Frenchy Rochas. It stated outright, quote, Frank Rochas, a Frenchman, was favorably known in Santa Fe as an expert worker in wood. He built the handsome staircase in Loreto Chapel. End quote.
1: As Cook continued to investigate, she found another key document that confirmed Rochas' involvement. An entry in the Sisters of Loreto's logbook from March 1881 read, Paid for Wood by Mr. Rochas, $150.
0: So, the Frenchman was definitely employed by the sisters. His name even appeared on a cargo manifest from France. This could mean that
1: Rochas brought the spruce from Europe to New Mexico himself. Surviving documents show that other parts of the chapel, including the altar, were imported from Europe. But even though those records exist, it is strange that we don't have more information about Rochas.
0: Perhaps it's because Francois Rochas was a compagnon, or a member of a brotherhood of French artisans. This was a group that worked similarly to the Freemasons. As a compagnon, he would have been a celibate and a bit of a recluse. He'd have spent most of his time on his ranch by himself. So even though he was known around Santa Fe for his work, he didn't have a family or a large network of friends
1: to speak on his behalf. This might explain why he'd be willing to work without requesting payment. He had a moral obligation to help the sisters, and he brought in enough income from his ranch that he didn't need the extra cash.
0: We do know that the nuns paid for Rochas's wood at least once in the 1880s,
1: so he didn't lose any money on the job. But that doesn't explain how Rochas knew to show up right at the end of the nuns' nine-day novena. Unless... That detail never happened.
0: A novena isn't an unusual custom, but it is a drastic measure. So this element of the
1: legend might be an exaggeration. Or maybe Rochas was an answer to their prayers, just not literally. Perhaps when they began the novena, word got around town. Hearing of the sisters' plight, the kind but reclusive carpenter decided to pay them a call.
0: Whatever his reason for joining the project, Rochas didn't receive an earthly reward. Instead, his life ended in tragedy. In 1886, Rochas accused a former employee named Morrison of horse thievery. Authorities arrested Morrison, but eventually
1: released him. Enraged, Morrison returned to the ranch and attacked Rochas. Wounded, Rochas fled to a cabin deep in the woods. That night, Morrison broke down the door to finish the Frenchman off.
0: But instead, he found himself at the business end of a gun. Rochas
1: injured his attacker, but the man managed to get away.
0: Though the carpenter survived this brush with death, his luck didn't last forever. Eight years later, on Christmas Eve, 1894, a man found Rochas in his
1: cabin, shot dead. No one knows the identity of his killer. Some even suspect Rochas took his own life. But with no family to survive him, his name faded into history, soon to be replaced by a fanciful story about St. Joseph.
0: Miracle staircase researcher Mary Jane Cook theorizes that everyone knew that Rochas had built the staircase. But as the years went on, they embellished the tale until it became a myth. It's conceivable that as Rochas's co-workers died off, the real details about the construction slowly faded. With his name and method lost to time, people started filling in the gaps with legends that bolstered their faith.
1: The staircase will always be a mystery, especially since nobody is allowed to disassemble it and examine its exact nature. However, based on the evidence we have, we know the extraordinary structure was likely built by earthly hands. The
0: choices to use wooden pegs and a spruce of unknown origin make sense, since they ensured that the wood would remain intact for decades, even centuries
1: to come. Meanwhile, the 33 steps carry a great deal of symbolic weight, but that type of architectural nod to scripture is fairly common in churches. It doesn't necessarily suggest divine intervention.
0: Of all the potential mortal collaborators, Francois Rochas is the most likely. It's indisputable that his obituary credited him with the stairway.
1: It would be strange for a public paper to print something like that without risking some sort of libel suit, especially if this was a public blasphemy. That is, unless it was true. Francois Rochas's
0: legacy was eclipsed by a modern myth. What started as an incredible act of human skill and kindness was soon attributed to divine
1: intervention. Oddly, though, based on what little we know of Rochas, we think he'd probably be okay with that.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We will be back on Thursday with a new episode. For more information on the Loreto Chapel's Miracle Staircase, amongst the many sources we used, we found the books Mysterious New Mexico by Benjamin Radford and Loreto, the Sisters and their Santa Fe Chapel by Mary Jean Cook, extremely helpful to our research.
1: You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. See you next time. And remember, never take we don't know for an answer.
0: Unexplained Mysteries is a Spotify original from ParCast. It is executive produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Brendan Hawkins, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Matthew Teamstra with writing assistance by Angela Jorgensen and Connor Sampson. Fact-checking by Adriana Romero and research by Brad Klein and Brian Petrus. Unexplained Mysteries stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner.
1: Bad omens, good fortune, pure luck, Take a closer look at what you believe in and follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Superstitions. New episodes air weekly, every Wednesday. Listen free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.